Hey, welcome home. You are watching Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearson. So glad you tuned into the broadcast today. And I know you are going to be glad you tuned in as well because we are going right back up into the mountains of Colorado. You're going, what are you talking about? Well, if you missed last week's broadcast, then you missed part one of a message called Pressed but not crushed. And this message came uh, as an, the result of an invitation that we got from Andrew Womack Ministries to come be a part of an awesome meeting they were doing at their property, Karis Bible College there in Woodland Park, Colorado. Earlier in 2017, we went out there, had an amazing time with them, with their staff, their family, and especially the people, the congregation that were there to get in the word. And we wanted you to, to experience what we experienced. So last week was part one of this message. This week is part two of Press But Not Crushed. I want you to hear what God is saying to you in this time and through his word, because the pressure's on. You don't even need me to tell you that, that there is pressure on you coming at you from all directions. But the good news is you and I do not have to be crushed by it. Because when you get to that place when the pressure's been on you and you're crushed, that's when we make stupid decisions. But as believers, we don't have to be crushed. We can be sustained in it and all the way through it and come out on the other side in victory. And today on this broadcast, you're gonna find out exactly how to do that. I'm glad you tuned in. You are going to be glad. Let's go right now to Woodland Park, Colorado, Karis Bible College for part two of Pressed But Not Crushed. He said in verse 12, therefore, since we have such hope or expectation, we use great boldness of speech, unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away, but their minds were blinded. For until this day, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament because the veil is taken away in Christ. But even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil lies on their heart. Now, this, this business about a veil is very, very serious. Very serious. And one of, one of the only applications I think we still have of it in our culture now, of course, is, is the bride walking down the aisle towards the altar on her wedding day. And that veil covers the face. and the, it's, it's, it's a lot of symbolism and the removal of the veil and so on. But that's been a part of culture for a long time. And, and the veil was there as a hindrance, something that separated. You could see into it, but not really. You know what I mean? I think back on the day, you remember when, um, was it Jacob that went to work for his uncle Laban? Am I right about that, guys? Okay. And so he fell in love with who? Which sister? He fell in love with Leah, right? The Bible tells us, she was beautiful. She was beautiful. And do I have this right? No, he, he fell in love with Rachel. Okay, Rachel's beautiful. But then, I'm trying to remember what exactly it says about Leah. What was it? Something in her eye, is that what it was? It's basically the equivalent of Leah had a nice personality. That's essentially what the scripture was saying about that sister, okay? So you've got the pretty one, and then you've got the one that's like, oh, she's got a great personality. 
And he says, the veil is removed. Back to the message here. The veil is, take, the veil is taken away in Christ. Even to this day, when Moses is ready, the veil lies in the heart. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, there's freedom. But we all, this is where it starts to get good. We all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image. Watch this now from glory to glory. Now for so long, we've taken that phrase from glory to glory. And I think our understanding of it has been shallow. We've used it to describe just getting better, right? Oh, just how you doing, brother? Oh, going from glory to glory. Amen. We say that to each other like we have any idea what it means whatsoever. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> glory to glory. We're just going from glory to glory. It's just getting better and better. And I imagine that's a fine application of it. But don't forget here, we're comparing two glories. We're comparing that day Moses had, that moment he had with God, and the limited glory that he experienced And he said, that veil's been taken away. And you and I, we are going from glory to glory. We're going from that one to this one. I'm telling you, it's about to get good. We're going from that one to this one. Which is why you got to be watchful over going back to that day when Moses cried out, show me your glory and, and, and his heart's right, but God couldn't do it. You got to be careful now living on this side of it. You got to be very watchful that you don't find yourself asking God to show you something that he's already shown you. Watch this now. We go from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Now into chapter 4, I want you to skip down to verse 6. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness. What's he talking about? Genesis 1, baby. Genesis 1, it's the God who caused the light to shine out of darkness who has shown in our hearts to give it, to just give it to you. You don't work for it. You don't earn it. You don't strive for it. You don't perform it. Everything Moses cried out for and God said no. Now God's just giving it away. He's shining in your heart to give you, give you what? Give you what? Now remember, he said, let me see your glory. He said, you can't see my face. You remember that? Now on this side of it, get a little dizzy up here. We're going back and forth. That's all right. It's God who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Come on, help me out. Shout it out, man. Where's it at? 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 It's in the face. It's in the face. It's in the face of Jesus. And Moses is going, let me see your face. And God's saying, I can't show you Jesus yet. That's saved for another people. I can't show you him yet. And now Paul's writing under this new ministry. 
this ministry of righteousness, this ministry of the Spirit, and now He's giving you the light, the brightness of it. And it's in your heart. The light of the knowledge of the glory of God and it's in the face of Jesus Christ. Now watch this. Remember our question? How is it possible for a cheap clay pot to be pushed and pressed on every side and not be crushed. Here's how. Verse seven, we, the earthen vessels, have this treasure. What treasure? The glory. The glory. We have this treasure in the earthen vessel that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We're hard pressed. We are pressed and pressured on every side, but we're not crushed. If you press a cheap clay pot on every side with equal and unending pressure, it will be crushed. Unless, unless there's something in it that's pushing back. Unless there's something in it that's resisting back against that pressure. Jordan, let me see these two bottles down there beneath the seat, man. Thank you. I'm going to simulate a little science experiment for you this morning. I don't know how many of you know this, but at sea level, there's air pressure, air pressure all around you. You know that, right? You don't see it, but you, you know it's there. You know it exists. And at sea level, there is 100% of the Earth's atmosphere is above you, coming down on you. And that pressure is pushing against you not only from the top, but against every surface of your skin on your body. It's pressing against your mass. That's pressure on all sides, right? But it's pressing against you at 14.7 pounds per square inch. Now, when you come up here, you go to Denver, you're what, at 5,000 feet there? There, you've got something like 85% of the Earth's atmosphere still above you. So 15% of it or so is beneath you and having no effect on you. So there's something like 12, what do they say? 12 point something or other pounds per square inch at 5,000 feet, even less than up, up here where we are, 8,000, 9,000 feet now. And the higher you go, the density becomes less and less. The pressure is less. You know that, you've experienced that. How many of you guys flew on an airplane to come here this weekend? A number of you, okay. My wife and I are on, are on airplanes all the time. And uh, early in our ministry, we owned our own airplane. We've had a couple of them now. And I noticed this would happen every time we would get on the airplane. The pilots there would have a couple of bottles of water waiting for us. And I don't know why I got into this habit, but I would sit down on the plane before we took off, sitting there at sea level. The airport we're based at is about 700 feet above sea level. So essentially, sea level, 14.7 pounds per square inch of air pressing against us on all sides. 
And I'd sit down and open a bottle of water, take off, climb up to altitude, I'd drink it, finish it up. For some reason, I would never make it to the second bottle. But I noticed that as we would descend from altitude, where the pressure is less, and we descend back into the sea level atmosphere. See, an airplane, most of the ones you flew on here are going to have a pressurized cabin, but they're not pressurized to sea level. They're pressurized to somewhere between 6,000 and 8,000 feet. So the air pressure in that airplane is actually less while you're flying. Even though it's pressurized, it's less than what it's going to be when you land back on the ground. Are you tracking with me so far? And I would notice every time we'd come back into land without touching the empty bottle, I looked down at it and it had completely collapsed. If you flew here this weekend, do this experiment on the way home. You'll notice that when you descend back into that high pressure environment, that the bottle of its own accord, without me crushing it, without me squeezing it or anything. Now this was simulated today, but I've seen, I've proved this over and over. It's collapsed. Why is that? It's because the air pressure that's inside it, the air pressure in it is 12 point something pounds per square inch. But when we come back down into that high pressure environment, the pressure around it is 14.7 pounds. In other words, watch this now. In other words, the pressure that's against it outweighs what's inside it. Are you with me? And that's why it does that without me touching it. But you look right next to it in the next cup holder and I've got an identical bottle. Same cheap plastic water bottle that you buy at a grocery store or a gas station. What am I saying? Nothing special about the bottle. Nothing special about it. But I look down at it and it's got its original shape. It, whole, it held its shape all the way through the flight, completely sustained. What's the difference? The difference is what's in it. Water, compared to air pressure at sea level, is something like 780 times heavier than air. So this bottle and this bottle both went through the exact same pressure. But one of them was sustained and the other was crushed. One of them was sustained by what's in it because water is heavier than air. What's in it outweighed what was against it. I'll say it to you like this. Greater is what's in it. Come on. Come on. Don't leave me up here hanging. Greater. Greater is what's in it than what's against it. My friend, greater, heavier, weightier is what's in you than he that's in the world and all the pressure that he brings. There's something in you. The glory of God in you. 
is greater than the pressure that's against you. Come on, I got a few minutes left. Skip down in chapter 4 now to verse 16. So therefore, he said, in light of all this, we, the earthen vessels, we don't lose heart. We don't give up. I'll say it like this. We don't have a breaking point. There is no point where you and I collapse. There is no point where you and I are crushed. We don't lose heart. Even though the outward man, our outward man, the vessel, the bottle, it's perishing. Yet, what's going on inside, the inward man, is being renewed day by day for our light affliction. Everybody say, light affliction. Man, that's what you got to learn to do right there, is you got to learn to call pressure nothing but light affliction. Come on, help me out. What it light, light, what's he using here? This is a measurement of weight. It's light, it doesn't weigh anything. There's nothing to it, it has no substance. It's light, this pressure, all this that's coming in on you, everything that's pressing in on you, financial pressure, trying to choke you to death. You gotta learn to look at that thing and call it light affliction. Our light affliction which is but for a moment. See, now he's bringing into the equation time. There's a lot of physics going on in here. You've got weight and you've got time. We're starting to tap into the atmosphere of heaven where a day here or a thousand years here is as a day there. Time is different. And time is different because weight is different. Ask Einstein. He said where the pull of gravity is stronger, time is slowed down. And you know if you were to go into another atmosphere of another planet where the, where the gravity was stronger than ours, ours is pulling us down at 9.8 meters per second. But if you go to some other environment where it's stronger, you weigh more. You're heavier there. That environment, that atmosphere is heavier. I could say this to you in tongues, but then it'd just be up to you to get the rest. There have been moments when the atmosphere of heaven made its way to the atmosphere of earth and the sun stood still. Time slowed down. And there was a day when all 120 priests all came together and agreed on what song they were going to sing. And the lyrics were simple. It just went like this. For the Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. And that day, the Bible tells us that they could not stand. Why? Help me out. Why? Why? Why was it? The glory. Started getting so heavy in there. What's going on? I, I can't even keep myself up. All we were doing was singing about the mercy of God and the, the goodness of God. And it's, I guess this is his favorite song because <laughs> he came to hear it. And it got so heavy in there, they couldn't stand under the weight of it.
That's what's in you. The weightiness of the glory of God is what's in you. And it's what will sustain you. In the times of the greatest pressure that's ever been on you. Our light affliction is but for a moment. He said it's working for us. And you got to get a little, I don't know, swagger about you. You got to look at some of this stuff and say, hey, pressure, financial pressure, relationship pressure, sexual pressure. I don't work for you. You work for me. He said, this is working for us. I don't work for you. In other words, I don't do what you say. You do what I say. It's working for us a far more, watch it now, exceeding and eternal, what? Weight. Weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, for the things that are seen are temporary, the things that are unseen are eternal. So you got a choice. You got a choice going through the pressure. I'm not aiming my message this morning at your behavior. I'm not aiming my message this morning at your holiness or whether or not you commit sexual sin or you're holy. I'm not aiming my message at whether or not you make godly decisions with your money or your wife or your relationships or any of that. I'm aiming my message this morning at the heart of what you believe. Not only what you believe about God, but what you believe about you and what you believe is going on in you right now. Because you can take two Christian brothers and put them through the exact same pressure One come out crushed and the other come out looking like he wasn't even touched. And I will show you the difference. The man who may be born again, but he came out crushed, has no revelation of Christ in him, the hope of glory. Proverbs chapter 24 verse 10 in the New Living Translation tells us that if you fail under pressure, Your strength is too small. So how do we keep from failing under pressure? Well, you got to come live on this side of the cross. You got to come live under this ministry, not the ministry of death, not the ministry of condemnation, the ministry of righteousness. Let him minister his righteousness to you. Let him minister his spirit to you and let him birth in you a revelation that Christ in you is where you draw your strength from. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. My strength's not too small. Yeah, this outward vessel, nothing but a cheap clay pot, but the excellence of the power has nothing to do with what you see. It has everything to do with what's inside of me. And I'm sustained through pressure, not by the strength of this fail frail frame but by the strength of the glory resident within me. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this and if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television Broadcast, the Legacy Letter Magazine and so much more. 
You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the house of faith.